0: From the Center for Conscious Communication, this is Leading Life. Hi everyone, my name is Stacey Carruth and I'm the founder of the Center for Conscious Communication and this is Leading Life, a podcast spotlighting women business leaders who are making a difference, following their passion and challenging the status quo. Today, my guest is Claire Marlowe owner of Godix Custom Framing and Art Supply, Scarlo's Art and Coffee, and Scarlo's Gallery. Claire is a passionate photographer. She and her husband and business partner Tyrell bought Godix Custom Framing and Art Supply in 2013 and within a year remodeled the adjoining space into an art gallery, now known as Scarlo's Gallery, where she features local and regional artists and hosts classes workshops, and events. Most recently, Claire opened Scarlet's Art and Coffee inside the gallery, creating a warm and tranquil meeting space in the heart of downtown Casper. Welcome, Claire. (laughs) Thank you, Stacey. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. (laughs) So I'd like to travel back in time just a little bit. I wonder, what was the plan for you growing up? And how is Gotix and Scarlo's in alignment with those plans, or a deviation?
1: Oh, they are—it's uh, a far deviation. <laughs> I feel like I've probably lived a couple different lives in the first couple decades. Um, I was raised very religious, and so um, at eighteen I left that, and so that definitely changed the course. At that point, I didn't have a focus on. i was going to be as an adult because it was very focused on religion so when i left at 18 i didn't know i just wanted to go learn about the world find my place in it uh, meet people you know just kind of explore but i did i always loved art i did like a half a semester in art school right out of high school and then dropped out um, to be a ski bum and (laughs) was a ski bum for a few years moved around ended up in seattle i knew i couldn't be a ski bum forever so i went to college Actually, community psychology is what I went to college for. With a, it was an interdisciplinary degree, um, so also focused on society, ethics, and behavior. It was really interesting. But when I graduated, I got a office job, and it actually was great. It was a project management position. Long story short, we moved here, and I didn't know what to do with myself here in Casper. We moved here for my husband's job, and um, after a year, I just saw a business listing for an art supply store they didn't say where in Wyoming it just said Wyoming and custom framing and actually oddly enough in my early 20s in Seattle when I was just on my own I didn't know anybody and I was in college I did oddly want to be a picture framer it's totally random but I was a photographer at the time and I loved the process of you know the darkroom and developing and then presentation of photos Um, so I did have an interest in that oddly enough random and weird (laughs) (laughs) So more or less, I never really had a clear path. And I don't know if I ever really will.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just more playing it by ear and whatever calls to you.
1: Yeah. I always knew I, um, I didn't want anyone to tell me what to do. I wanted to figure out for myself. I definitely wanted to gain enough knowledge and experience in whatever my interests were to be... Not to be necessarily a leader in it, but to be a confident person that can do it on their own. So I didn't necessarily want to be my own boss, but I always had a vision of something a little bit bigger than anything I was doing. Um, I would get into a role at a job and feel a little stifled because, you you know, you're limited by what your management team tells you to do. So I always knew I wanted to do a little bit bigger than anything else I was doing. But what that looked like, I didn't know. Mm. (laughs) But the ad called to you. Yeah, I hated the job I was in. I shouldn't say that because um, it's a company that's still around, but um, it wasn't challenging. And so I found it and I called my husband. I was at work and I called him and I said, what do you think about buying a business? Because honestly, I was just looking at businesses for sale in Casper to figure out what's going on. We were new here. I didn't know anyone. We didn't know business. You know, we didn't know the community. And I saw that and I was like, ooh, art and picture framing. So I called my husband and it was kind of a joke, but he knows me well enough to know like I take pretty big, not blind leaps, they're pretty calculated, but um, I'll take big jobs. And so he was like, yeah, go for it, do it. And I called the number and after probably six or seven months, we ended up buying it. Wow. Wow.
0: (laughs) That is a a big jump, I would say.
1: (laughs) nothing about it
0: (laughs) so how I'm so curious how your degree and community and this art supply company now Scarlett's Gallery and such how do all those fit together you seem to have this real passion for community that
1: I'm I'm really curious about um I mean I loved my I loved studying um the community psychology. It was. It's just interesting because it's more about you know. I mean, it's individual um, brains, and you know, you go through all kind of your basic psychology, but then you really look at what makes a community tick and what influences it, and so it kind of makes you dive in and look at things, you know, outside yourself. So you're trying. You're not trying to relate to think relate to things to yourself. You're trying to understand why people are doing what they're doing. You know, like why why is this area low income and this area isn't on like a very basic level? Or, um, you know, why do these programs work here, but they don't work here? And so you're really forced to dig in and look um, into people and their actions, but then also behind them. So what was their upbringing? What was their financial background, their family? So I just always had an interest in how things, people work, how things work. Moving here, we didn't know anybody. So we definitely didn't really know how to get in the community. It's a A harder place, I think, to find community because one, it's a small town. A lot of people have lived here their whole life. And it it was a challenge. So I thought it would be kind of a nice space to meet people, you know, being in retail, downtown especially. But then, I mean, as far as the art, I did build a little program during my degree for art therapy. So art's always played a role in my whole life. I've always been, I wouldn't say artistic. Don't ask me to paint or draw anything. Uh, I have a good eye. It's my photography was my thing, but um, so they kind of naturally work. So, you know, having a background in art, but then also how that can integrate into a community and what that can do for a community. Definitely a space where creativity is focused on rather than you know, the hard parts about life. You know, it's not politics. It's not. It can be emotional, you know, but it's not um, more of a safe place for anybody to come in and I don't know share. <laughs> create <laughs>
0: yeah well you've definitely created that i've i <clears throat> get a sense of that every time i'm in Scarlos and godex as well there's just a, <laughs> a warm welcoming feeling there for sure so i read somewhere speaking of community <laughs> that your grand opening and i'm i'm unclear now i'm trying to remember back if it was Godex grand opening or Scarlo's grand opening, where you were surprised by the, the turnout mm-hmm. and that there were all these artists that showed up mm-hmm. and probably other people as well, but really the artists as well. So can you say something about that too? Because just talking about integrating into this community and that being a challenge, mm-hmm. it sounds like
1: you were really welcomed in this really meaningful way. Absolutely. It was the Scarlo's Gallery opening. And that really, you know, when I bought Godix, it was quiet because I had to come in and clean. It took a year to clean up, remodel. Um, So Scarlo's Gallery really felt like mine. I took an original idea and created it in the space where Godix had already been there. So when the gallery opened, I was thrilled and shocked at how many people showed up because we still didn't know a lot of people. But I definitely um, got some thumbs up from a few people that night that, to me, were a big deal in the art world here and around. And so, yeah, I mean, it was surprising um, <laughs> the turnout, but it definitely made me feel like I was doing, you know, heading in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Space. Yeah, you were touching on something that is important. It seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there something about the artistic community? knowing what you know
1: now that would surprise people? That's a good question because it has changed so much since I've been in there, up and down, good and bad. When I first took over, I realized that there are a lot of artists, I mean, obviously everywhere, but there was a great artist scene in Casper, but they weren't connected to each other you know, having the art supply store, I got to see who's buying art supplies, you know, and then I have the gallery, I got to see, you know, who's actually showing and then who's buying. And so I really got to see full circle sort of the whole art scene. Um, so that was great. And then I kind of felt like I can be a spot to help connect people. I mean, as much as I could at the time. And then it sort of shifted. I was on the board of the Nick for about five years and I felt it was a tumultuous time, but also a great time. The Nick has always ridden a crazy roller coaster so i mean i think the art scene here is great overall there definitely can be ups and downs um i think people can get a little sucked into things that don't have to do with the art scene or the arts in general and they bring it to the table so overall the arts are strong um they kind of ride a wave though we have seen it too i mean like i said with the nick we've seen some strife at art 321 Even with the passing of Sean Rivett a few years ago and his gallery, I mean, he was a huge force for the arts in Casper and for Casper out abroad because he was known nationally. So it definitely rides the wave. And, you know, with Scarlos and Godix, we ride that wave, too. Um, As the owner, I ride it emotionally sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. But then, you know, you kind of keep doing it. So I think with any industry, it's up and down.
0: Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that too, and kind of looking toward your business as well, that idea of oh, I don't know if I still want to do this anymore, and and still just showing up every day and doing what you doing what you do and serving the community as you do. I wonder what is the key factor that lends to Godix and Scarlo's success? Stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Blindness sometimes. I remember when I went in to look at Godix before we bought it. And I don't know if either, if you're familiar with it prior, but the old owners had had it for 60 years and great family. They'd had it for 60 years and it was jammed full of stuff. And my dad was in town and he looked at it before I had signed the papers. And I just remember walking out and he was like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Why are you buying this? Um, and at the time I was, I want to say bored. I wanted a challenge. I wanted, I had worked so hard at my job in Seattle for about four and a half years. And I loved my team there. And it was a very, it was a small business growing very quickly. So the work was there, the pay wasn't. And I just really thought if I'm going to work that hard, I'm going to work that hard for myself. So I went in with that attitude and I was young. I didn't have kids. Um, so I just had time and energy. So, um, but Throughout the years, I think not knowing has helped me keep going with opening the coffee shop. That was an unexpected weight. I didn't necessarily, um, maybe I did, but I ignored it. Uh, <laughs> weight that, this just does weigh on me every day. It's employees. It's, a you know, it's an everyday. So it's kind of that I'm torn because it's bringing in so many more people. It's, you know, showing the art to so many more people, but then I have to keep it staffed. And it's just, it's so much different than the framing and art supply. Um, So, yeah, I would say it's stubbornness. I don't want to quit. I don't, that business is almost 70 years old, Godix's. And I put so much into Scarlo's that it really is just wanting to see it keep going. That Mm. keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't want to keep going, <laughs> Get
0: you up and gets you going to work every day. Well,
1: and I mean definitely the community. I mean when people, I mean it is. I especially since Carlos has opened, I have had more people. Just, I mean, uh, you know, eye to eye, very big thank, like genuine thank yous for having that, and I never expected being thanked for having a business, and so that definitely puts a little pressure on. Um, but also, you know, it's, I know I'm doing good things so that
0: helps (laughs) Mm. yeah I was just in Scarlo's this morning and at the table behind me I heard someone say oh my gosh I love Scarlo's and the and her friend responded I know I'm so grateful for Claire so I just have to say it's (laughs) happening even when you aren't there so did did your dad ever come around? Does he see the? the... He
1: did. Yeah, he passed seven years ago. Oh. Yeah, and that was a rough one. He he had his own business in Denver for forty years, and so when I bought the business, he told me, you know, his one. Well, he was I he was my mentor, but um, his one piece of advice was give it three to five years before you decide anything, because you won't know if you're successful or not if you don't give it that chunk of time. Um, and that really stuck with me because I mean in the first couple of years you wanna quit. It's hard, it's ugly, you make no money. And so, you know, that was wonderful. And then yeah, I mean, he was up there all the time and he could never pronounce it right. Cause at the time I did have Scarless. He passed shortly after Scarless opened, but um he you always know, say it go dickies, but um, <laughs> he knew me. I mean, he knew I was gonna do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think he was pretty proud for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That has to have a special meaning to you as well. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry. No, it makes total sense. Absolutely. So what have you learned as a business owner that
1: you wish you would have known when you did start? That if you buy an existing 65-year-old business, you can't just walk away when you don't want to do it anymore. Mm. (laughs) I know that's not the most positive You can, but you know, there's a long history there and that, and it's a reputation and I don't want to be the one that ends that reputation uh, or that history. So, I mean, I wish I, I think I wish I would have known the commitment because as I said, you know, when we first started talking, I've never really had a focus. I want to do a lot of things in my life. This is one of the things, this isn't the only thing. Um, so going into it, you know, not realizing the weight of it. Um, we had a three to five year plan for Casper. We're this is year 10. Obviously, we're cemented here, we're not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, but that would probably be it. And I think in that translates just to the commitment in general, you know, when you do start a business, really being committed to it and writing it out and then knowing when it's time, you know, to do something else, but um commitment for sure. Yeah, a lot of
0: pressure in that, it yeah. sounds like. Oh yeah. Yep. wanting to hold yourself to the <laughs> standard of I can do this and I can carry on I can carry this torch
1: absolutely well and mm-hmm. especially in Casper where I mean there's not Lou Taubberts I think is the oldest in town and I definitely can misquote this we might be the second oldest open running business in town mm-hmm. Godix but you know when you When you're in any city, big or small, you know, having a history like that, I think is so important to try to keep going, especially in the retail world where everything is online and in community spaces are changing what they look like. And, you know, they're not as intimate or they're not in person or.
0: um... Yeah, again, kind of coming back to that, creating that community Mm -hmm. and keeping that vibe that we get in a small town and in a established business and something where people know each other absolutely yep yeah so what is your fondest memory in the past I think it's been 10 years
1: yeah nine right? years nine years yeah okay it feels like 10 <laughs> it's <laughs> like funny <20. laughs> I mean I thought about that question um for a while there's been a lot but honestly I really do think it was the opening night for Scarlows because yeah. that was really my baby and i had worked for a year which doesn't seem like much time now but that place was such a mess and it really was every single day for a year of just filling the dumpster and doing the remodel and restocking and rebranding and just breathing new life into it but then with scarlo's it was my creation and it was a leap of faith it wasn't i mean an art gallery in a town of 55,000 people in a western you know state especially because my mission for the gallery was to not be Western. I w- I love local artists. I love regional artists and I do love Western art, but we have that and I wanted to create a different space. So I think that night seeing the people there and just feeling proud of what I created. And I laughed because one of the reporters from the newspaper interviewed me and the title of the article was like woman opens gallery in Casper and I was so frustrated because like why do I say woman opens gallery? Like it's not about me being a woman, but then at the same time I was like yeah, that's a pretty good moment and like Casper, Wyoming, and it I think it was kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. um, especially because Zach had just closed the corridor, so we were down a gallery, and um, so yeah, I think it was the opening night for sure. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> heartening maybe, and yeah, fun to just see the enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, and just to see people were there supported and. I think I'm, my really good friend now, she tells me the story. I didn't know her at the time. She was there. I don't remember her being there, her and her husband. And she always tells the story. People ask how we met. And she's like, I went to her gallery opening and I just saw this girl from Seattle all of a sudden <laughs> making like big moves. And it's like, I had to be her friend. And so, you know, seeing it from her perspective, it's like, okay, like it, it was as big as it felt or, you know, just a new energy for that space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so to kind of see yourself from the outside looking in might have been a little bit different than your experience of it, even mm-hmm. though it was exciting, but a little bit different to see yourself from another person's eyes. Totally. Ah. Yeah. So when you say Scarlows, I just think about Marlowe. <laughs> so tell me about that connection. There's, yeah. There must be a connection there. There
1: is. Um, my maiden name is Scarberry. Married name is Marlo. So Scarlo... When we lived in Seattle, uh, my husband he still makes beautiful tables, um, but he was working on some in the garage at this house, and we were drinking beers, and I was like, "You should start a little furniture company," and we were throwing out names, and I said, "Oh, Scarlo would be so fun," and obviously we didn't go that route, and so when it was time to name the gallery. What else am I going to call it? It's all me, you know? It's all different versions of me, so... <laughs> ah,
0: so I... It, until I was getting ready to talk to you about this specifically, I thought, I never made that connection. So I love that, how it's a combination of your yeah. name and
1: your married name. Oh, well, it's a weird word, I feel like. Sometimes I'm like, is it a weird name? But I I don't know what else I would have called it, so...
0: Yeah, it's very it meaningful. <laughs> I, I like anything that has any meaning behind it like that. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk a little bit about challenges. I've heard some, you know, challenge in what you're talking about. And also, I wonder what the greatest challenge is that you're facing in your business right now and how you're overcoming that.
1: Um, I mean, on the front, employee staffing, especially in the coffee shop, has been brutal. And that trickles down to my emotional state because if I don't have employees, then I can't be open or I have to work. And, you know, the coffee shop is only a part of the business. So I can't do it all. Definitely employees. And I don't want to say COVID, but I mean, obviously there was a shift in humans from that in a lot of ways. And I'm seeing it in work ethic, especially in young kids, seeing it in energy spent. I feel like I am just so much more tired trying to, It all kind of ties into employees, but it's like getting good employees and getting people to stay. But then also, I don't know. I don't know if you have to work harder now to get people in or there's just an overall weight in life now. That's just a little bit different than it was. But um, I don't know. It's hard to articulate because it really is staffing, but it's also just emotionally draining sometimes. Just trying to keep the doors open and not financially necessarily, but just staffing it. So, I mean, I've hired a manager this year and she's been wonderful. And that has alleviated a little stress because instead of me having to come in and fill the shifts or whatnot, she can come and help with that. And really not being, not holding on so tight to everything. I mean, I think every business owner probably has to learn that at some phase. you gotta let go and trust mm-hmm. others or just let it go. And if something happens, it happens. You know, I always would say I'm in a good industry. It's not life or death. It's just art, you know, and coffee now. So really letting that go of like, someone calls in sick and you can't open. It's a bummer. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, so that has really helped of just not holding so tight onto expectations and control of everything.
0: Mm. Mm. So is it a, is it commitment? Is it with staffing, Is it just people not wanting to commit to the long term or, or just a rotating?
1: I think, well, definitely my industry, you know, I mean, I was in the service world for 20 years. I mean, I worked at restaurants even when I had full-time day jobs and bars and coffee shops, Um, you know, it's an industry, it's a high turnover and, you know, we're not in a town of a million people. So I only have so many people that are going to walk through my door both as customers and as potential employees. So, and, you know, we are a tips-based business, so paying them, you know, everyone wants to be... What I'm seeing a lot of is they want to make a lot of money, but they don't want to do any work. And granted, it's a different time, but, you know, I mean, I busted my butt for nothing, you know, and I would have three jobs, and you just worked. Especially, you know, I'm hiring young kids, 18, 19, 20. You got to pay bills, but at the same time, like you're in a, you're in a, a beginning job you know i'm not i'm not doing doctors here you know it's a very basic simple job so you're going to get paid basic and simple you know and mm-hmm. and i think that's the hard part there's an unrealistic expectation i think right now of sort of industry standards for service industry positions in our town now you know living in seattle where you know i mean everything's so expensive yeah you got to pay him 15 18 dollars an hour it makes sense i mean i made 230 an hour serving that would cover my taxes and then tips is what I need obviously it's a different time but yeah I don't know I it's um it's challenging (laughs) (laughs) and when you find good ones often they're really good and so they're going to move on to better positions and you know I don't have a position for all the great ones unfortunately
0: and how long have you been how long have you been running the coffee shop then remind me uh three and a half years three and a half years so you're still in the learning curve as yep, well. I know I have to
1: remind myself three to
0: five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking back on your dad's advice right now.
1: <laughs> and one of those years was, you know, 2020. So right, um, no, yeah. almost doesn't, doesn't count. count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Then I'm so curious to know your answer <laughs> to this one.
1: I want to be more emotionally balanced in 10 years. Uh, running a business that has so many different things happening is really draining. Um, and, you know, I have a young kid and my husband has a very busy business. And so we're just in that part of our life where we're just nonstop. Uh, personally, in 10 years, I would love to be a lot more centered and not have so many things pulling at me. I don't know if that means not having the business anymore or if that means having it look differently. Um, And I've always wanted to go get my PhD. Um, I would love to get into, you know, therapy of some sort. Obviously, art therapy would make sense. Um, But I would love to that route more just to be, again, part of a community, but a little more directly helping others or a little more rather than not knowing who's going to walk through the door at the shop, you know, a little more focused on um, the type of community that I'm working in or building on. But I don't know. I think about that all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I do know I just want more time for myself and my family and just to slow down because, you know, life happens fast and this business has taken a lot of me and I love it and it is totally worth it, but I don't know if, you know, I would love to pass it on to somebody eventually that has younger energy and can kind of do what I did. Come in, breathe a little new life into it, uh, but kind of keep the space going.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I could change it too, though. I could add something else or don't <laughs> Yeah. The beauty is it's ever evolving, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah.
0: And to keep your options open yeah. as well. Yeah. So I wonder... <laughs> If you have any advice for other women, then,
1: who are thinking of starting a business? I mean, jump in and do it. Think it out. You know, be sure you're ready to do it. Don't just jump in. I mean, I jumped in blindly. But financially, I made sure that I could make it work. And granted, I paid myself nothing for many years. So I took a lot of sacrifice to do it. But um don't be afraid to do it, you know and don't be afraid of hard work. I mean, it is a lot of hard work and there's a difference between hard work on you know being on social media all day versus hard work of really running a business and the, the different personalities and the um, financial part and the especially with retail, you know the customer base and uh, but yeah, do it, just do it. <laughs> if you're passionate about it and you're committed, um, it'll work. But you got to stay committed. Stay committed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking back to conversations that I have had over many years with my husband, being business owners ourselves. And we say oftentimes, we said to each other, this was going to be hard. Yeah. But this is a kind of hard that we just couldn't define.
1: I think it's like having a child you don't know until you do. And then you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Same in business. Yeah. But I think it's a, it takes a certain person to be able to um, continue to go through those things instead of being too hard and then you kind of are
0: done. Yeah, mm-hmm. to walk through and mm-hmm. whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or keeps knocking on the door.
0: <laughs> or whatever doesn't kill us really hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's both of those. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, Claire, I'm just so thankful to you for walking the walk and walking through it and providing such a beautiful and warm space for Casper and for anyone that is traveling through. I always love to see new people that go, oh, what is this? And they're outside the door and I say, oh, come in. You'll want to come in. So thank Thank you you so much for just making it such a beautiful place and And such a place for community and connection. It's so valuable to so many of us. So uh, we so appreciate it. Well, thank you for for saying that
1: because it definitely feels good. It makes it worth it (laughs) to know that other people are
0: enjoying it. I'm so glad to share it. (laughs) And thank you for taking the time today. Thanks, Daisy. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Leading Life, a production by the Center for Conscious Communication, hosted by me, Stacy Caruth. I'd like to thank Ty Pierce for his artwork and technical guidance. If you haven't already, make sure to follow Leading Life on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and catch you again next time.